Hi, my name's Madalena Kay, and I'm the host of the podcast AI and You, produced by Europod in partnership with Podium Podcast, Agence France Press, and Cora Media. In AI and You, we deal with the history of AI and how it is having an impact on our lives. From social relationships to employment, from climate change to wars and security. Is AI changing our world for the better or the worse? Come and check it out for yourself. Subscribe to AI and You wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to get an abortion, first you need to listen to the fetus's heartbeat. This is really devastating for multiple reasons. It basically infantilizes women. Uh, it humiliates women. Requesting an abortion in Europe is legal in most countries. Yet, even if ending a pregnancy is not banned, accessing this right is not always guaranteed. While the pro-life narratives spread all over Europe, far-right governments tighten abortion rules. Hungary is the latest example. In this country, from September 15th, women can request an abortion only if they listen to the fetus's heartbeat. What is behind this new and cruel decree? Coming up on Europe Talks Back, the new rule against abortions in Hungary and why it won't stop women from ending their pregnancies. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. We'll be right back. My name is Yulia Baku. I'm a feminist women's rights activist from Budapest, Hungary. And I work for Patent Association, which is a women's rights organization We're involved in uh, women's reproductive rights. We are doing advocacy, legal consultations. We do have prevention work. Julia is a young woman that fights for her rights in Hungary. She is one of the 1,000 people who took the streets in Budapest on September 28 to protest against the new abortion rules in her country. This is how Julia feels about the new decree that requires pregnant women to prove they had seen a definitive sign of life from the fetus before requesting the procedure. So uh, from September 15th, all women that want to get abortions need to have a document from a gynecologist that state that they've been shown an indication of the fetus's vital functions. This sounds really complicated, but to be really simple, this says that if you want to get an abortion, first you need to listen to the fetus's heartbeat. This is really devastating for multiple reasons. It basically infantilizes women. Uh, it humiliates women. It says that women are not capable uh, 
to decide what to do with their own bodies of uh, making responsible decisions. However, Yulia says the decree didn't surprise her. As in most European countries, abortion is not banned in Hungary, at least in theory. But in recent years, the government has been laying the ground to make it almost impossible while the pro-life narratives have been spreading all over Europe. The pro-life narratives are definitely getting stronger in Hungary. Our government is actually really active in these pro-life movements and uh, they often have comments about women not giving birth to enough children and the Hungarian population decreasing. So if we look at all of these factors, the recent decree is really not much of a surprise, but nevertheless, it's really, really severe. These narratives are the ones that make it difficult to access a safe abortion in Hungary. Speaking with Julia about how the process to end a pregnancy has been in this context, she explains what a woman goes through in the Hungarian healthcare system. If you want to get an abortion in the Hungarian healthcare system, first you have to take part in two consultations with the family support services. These two consultation sessions need to be three days apart from each other. And the first session really aims to show you what other options you have uh, besides abortions. What we come across more and more often is that at these sessions, women are regularly humiliated. The family support services are trying to convince women to keep their pregnancies, to remain pregnant. They're shaming women for basically for having sex. But when and how did all of this start? Julia points to the revision of the Hungarian constitution in 2011, which included a provision that grants the right to life protection from the moment of conception, a provision that opened the door to stricter rules. Ever since our constitution has been changed to say this, women's rights organizations and feminist organizations have been afraid of the abortion legislation to change. These small and not so visible changes is what we call sneaking restrictions because the government is not saying that, okay, abortion is banned, but there are these sneaking difficulties that we come across in the recent years and it's getting worse and the new decree is coming on the top of these. As Julia recalls, a decree that delays the process and reduces the chances to get an abortion because of the time. Hungarian women can request abortions during the first 12 weeks of pregnancy. This just elongates the period until you actually can get the surgical procedure because, again, before you get the procedure, you have to take part at these two consultation sessions. And even before the first consultation session, you need to have this paper from the gynecologist proving that you've listened to the fetus's heartbeat. The time limit is not very long, and a lot of women uh, discover that they're pregnant pretty late, a lot of them in their fifth, uh, sixth week of their pregnancies. 
This can really mean that some women just run out of time because of this new decree. One of the effects of the pro-life narrative is an open wound in the Hungarian healthcare system, where doctors are divided over the debate. This means that on top of multiple sessions that prolong the process of getting an abortion, a woman faces the challenge of finding a doctor willing to perform the abortion. As far as I can see, doctors are really divided about this issue. There are doctors who are really pro-life. There are doctors who are really pro-choice. And we had doctors who, as soon as the decree was out, the 14th or 13th, even though the decree says that it starts from the 15th, they already started doing these practices. The right to legally request an abortion varies across Europe, yet the pro-life discourses are the same all over the territory. We have heard about the sneaking difficulties in Hungary, as Julia calls them, but she assures women all over the region face similar obstacles. If we look around, uh, not just in Hungary, but all over the region, abortion legislations are getting stricter. Sneaking restrictions are in everywhere. And, you know, there are these really, really strong pro-life narratives that I've mentioned. In the last 10 years, the number of marriages has doubled and the number of abortions has halved in Hungary. It's not a bad start. <laughs> If Mr. Kaczynski or his league had ever had an abortion, then they would know that this is not an easy choice. While in Hungary, accessing a safe abortion seems to be almost impossible, in Malta it is totally banned, and in Poland it is near banned. As Julia says, the far-right parties copy each other's arguments against women's rights we also see is that these governments, these conservative right-wing governments are really watching each other's moves and they're copying each other's arguments and narratives on abortion. But this does not mean that women won't end their pregnancies if they want to. There are resources and organizations that help them access safe abortions, even when their countries don't. I don't expect them to stop pushing their agenda in regards of abortion. But what we are sure of at Patent Association is that this new decree is not gonna lead in more women keeping their pregnancies. If you want to terminate your pregnancy, this will not stop you, but it can do severe emotional harm. We'll be right back. Mara Clark is the founder of Abortion Super Network, an organization that helps women all over Europe to access safe abortions. We brought Mara to give us an overview on how the rules against abortion do not stop women to end their pregnancies, but it does make it worse. This is me speaking to Mara Clark. Mara, first of all, could you briefly explain what an abortion fund is? And what is the role of an organization such as the Abortion Support Network? 
An abortion fund is an organization that believes that abortion should be free, safe, legal, and locally accessible to anybody who wants one. And we break down any obstacles between someone and the abortion they want or need. Abortion Support Network will help anybody in Europe on a case-by-case basis, particularly those who are either undocumented and unable to access health care through the National Health Service in the country they live in, or who need to travel abroad to obtain a second or third trimester abortion outside of the country they're living in. So the Abortion Super Network helps women all over Europe in general, but as the law is tighter in some countries, there must be states where your help is more needed. Where are your clients from? The majority of our clients are resident in Poland, um, the Republic of Ireland, and Malta. But we've started to hear from a few more people in France and Hungary and Romania, Italy and Spain and Czech Republic. And also, of course, we're hearing from quite a few people who have been displaced by the conflict in Ukraine and also some people who are still resident in Ukraine because abortion is legal in Ukraine. But you know, during a war, health services are not hugely easy to find. And a lot of people from Ukraine have been displaced into Poland, where there is no abortion at all. What does it mean to assist women that need an abortion and live in all those countries where it is banned or really difficult to access? How do you help them? I think it would be easier to tell you how we don't help. But You know, the help can, can, it ranges from somebody asking about a reputable provider of medical abortion pills online, somebody who uh, needs to get to a clinic to get an abortion, but they don't know uh, what the closest clinic is. And so we can tell them uh, what country is closest to their country where they can access an abortion and up until what point in pregnancy we give information about what travel documents you need to get from point A to point B. We can give people information about local resources in case they need to access like women's refuge or rape crisis, provided they live in countries that have those services. We provide money. Um, money is the, is the big thing. I have the feeling that I know what you would answer to the next question but it is still necessary to know what you have to say. What kind of profiles have the women that reach your organization asking for information or help? Well, you think you already know the answer. What do you think the answer is? Well, I think there is no simple answer to this question and that there are not specific profiles, but stereotypes. That is correct. <laughs> Generally speaking, if you have financial resources and a support network, then you are not going to involve strangers in another country in your decision to have an abortion. But that's less and less the case, especially for people who need second trimester abortion, because a lot of them, even if they have money, they need information. But in terms of who we hear from, our clients have ranged in age from a child of 13 to a woman of 53. The majority of women who have abortions have children. Some of them are in relationships. Some of them are escaping abusive relationships. Some of them are not in relationships. We hear from everybody. And we hear from people who never thought that they would get an abortion, who 
will say to us, I was completely against abortion until I needed an abortion or until my wife needed an abortion or until my daughter needed an abortion. But the fact of the matter is one in three women will have an abortion in her lifetime. And so you can't really stereotype one in three women. Let's talk about the reality behind all of this. To provide a more humane view of this issue, could you share some stories of what women go through to get an abortion? I've been doing this work for 20 years and there are many stories, only they're not stories, they're people's actual lives that I carry with me. But not all of them are sad stories. You know, yes, of course, I could talk to you about, you know, raped teenagers, about women and couples with very wanted pregnancies uh, who find out that there's something catastrophically wrong with the baby and they're told that they have to continue a pregnancy where the doctors know that the baby will either die before it's born or, or shortly after it's born. And we can talk about women with abusive partners whose partners won't use birth control or sabotage birth control or want to control them with pregnancy. We could talk about all of these things, but we could also talk about the woman who had been so afraid to tell anybody that she was getting an abortion. But after talking to us and seeing how many people there were willing to help her get from the country she lived in to the country she needed to travel to. After she had the abortion, she asked us if we knew any reporters that she could talk to because she wanted everybody to know how awful the situation was in Poland, how difficult it had been for her. It's not always sad stories. And I think that women are, you know, strong and capable and amazing people. One of the EU countries that are making a move to restrict more and more the access to legal and safe abortions is Hungary. Mara, what is your experience in helping Hungarian women? Getting an abortion in Hungary, even though the law technically isn't horrible, it is really horrible because you have to go to the doctor five times to get an abortion. And abortion is only allowed up to 12 weeks. And a lot of people don't want to help people get abortions, a lot of doctors, basically. So while you're trying to get an abortion and the clock is tick, 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 you know, ticking down your 12 weeks, you're going to find a lot of obstruction. On September 15th, the Hungarian government announced a new decree that forces women to hear the heartbeat of the fetus before getting an abortion. What's your take on this new rule? It is another way of wanting women to feel bad, but also it's so paternalistic. It's so paternalistic. There is no person who doesn't understand that when you are pregnant, there is a fetus in you. <laughs> And when you have an abortion, you are killing or, or getting rid of or ending, you know, like we know what an abortion is. We know what pregnancy is. We know what labor and delivery is. We know what motherhood is. We know what parenthood is. It's so paternalistic to think that, well, if we just make her look at the ultrasound and listen to the ultrasound, then she's going to change her mind because the assumption there is that we didn't know our own minds in the first place. And from whom your organization has been hearing from in Hungary? Do you expect an increase of women asking for help there? Who we've been hearing from mostly are either people who are 
just over 12 weeks who tried to get an abortion in Hungary and were and were denied or we're hearing from actually a refugee from Ukraine who's resident in Hungary who needs an abortion and when I say just heard I mean between March and now the start of the conflict and now we've also heard from a couple people from really vulnerable communities like the Roma community um we also heard from a woman escaping an abusive relationship they're just like everybody else there are people who need an abortion and they live in a country with really bad abortion provision and it looks like it's only going to get worse from here I've got I've got my eye on Hungary and also on Romania and now Italy as places where it might become more difficult to access legal abortions in the first trimester. And Mara, in your experience, do the rules against abortions stop women ending their pregnancies? Will the new decree in Hungary work? I had a friend who worked at a clinic in a state where they passed one of these laws that said that women had to be shown an ultrasound before they were able to have an abortion. And I said, do you think it'll stop anybody? And he said, do you know what? The last clinic I worked at was firebombed. And in the morning, when there were still smoking pieces of rubble in the parking lot, women who had appointments for abortions that day were coming across the parking lot, stepping over burning, smoking pieces of building materials, asking if they could still have their abortion. I don't think looking at a picture of an ultrasound is going to dissuade them, but it does mean that it is another step. It is another hurdle. It is another delay. And that's what all of these things are. Lastly, what would you say to a woman that need information and help to get an abortion, but live in a country where it is banned? She's welcome to contact the Abortion Support Network or Abortion Without Borders. We work in many languages and also... She's not alone. So not only do, well, between one in three and one in four women will have an abortion in her lifetime, but also within our organization, we have hundreds and thousands of volunteers and donors and people who are standing behind every person who chooses to have an abortion. So she's absolutely not alone. Mara, thank you for joining us today. We'll be right back. You can follow the work of Abortion Support Network on Twitter at Abortion Support. That's A-B-O-R-T-I-O-N-S-U-P-P-O-R-T. And this is it for this week's episode of Europe Talks Back. The producer of Europe Talks Back is Antoine Leroux. Sound design is by Jeremy Bouquet. Editing and mixing is by Jeremy Bouquet and Tuma Kurzweb. Promotion and marketing by Katrin Skabberlas. My name is Maria Dios. We'll be back next Friday. <laughs>